But he measures us based upon time. And it's now body time. You might say body time. When I really, I'm dealing with church. Church is not the building. Church is not the pews you're sitting in. It's not the chandeliers. It's not even the size. Church is people. God is more concerned about people than he is buildings and everything else. People is the heart of God. Jesus went to the cross because of people. Jesus rose from the dead because of people. So everything is based upon people. And so if we're going to fulfill the purposes of God and the plan of God, we have to become more people conscious. We have to be sensitive that people makes up the whole plan of God. For God so loved the world. And if I was to translate that, for God so loved people, that he gave his own shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So we must understand that people is God's highest priority. People. That's the reason why you're going to have to become more sensitive to people, relationships. We're dealing with people in everything. All authority is based on people. Because when you deal with authority first, there are several levels of authority. The first level of authority is God. And then the next level of authority is the church. And then after the church comes the family. And after the family comes what? That's right. Comes the government, which is all people. So everything, that, when we deal with authority, the only area is God. And you must understand that God is investing himself in people. Because you'll never get to God without people. And so you have to understand, you have to Know this, that when I move with understanding of the authority of God, then I must move conscience of people. So can you state this with me? Nothing happens in creation without people. All right. Nothing. God said it is not good for mankind to be alone. When he said it's not good for man, he was not just dealing with Adam. He's dealing with man. It's not good for man be all one, alone. And God said, I'll prepare me. And so God created what? Another person that could relate. And so you must understand that the whole essence of God is his people. Now God created Israel. He took Israel out of a man, a man by the name of Abraham, chose Abraham so that he could in turn bring forth a people 
a people that he would in turn would be their God. And he would show himself, his ability, his power, his might, his love, his strength. And he called those people Israel. When you look at the name Israel, it means prince of God. And so God was interested in revealing himself. He could not reveal himself to other nations because they were heathens. He had to reveal himself to people that would know him and that he could relate to. So you must understand and note that everything about God is his love for people, his love for people, his desire. He had to raise up a man. He could even bring deliverance, which means that there's no deliverance without people. Because God established that principle when the children of Israel decided that we didn't want to hear from Moses, Pastor Moses. We want to hear from God. God took them up on it. God said, all right, they want to talk to me. I'll come down. I'll talk to them. But when God started moving in the spirit and the mountain caught on fire and things started to happen and things started shaking, the whole mountain started shaking, they shook and said, no, no, tell God no. Tell God no. They had to have Pastor Moses. So in order to have a relationship, it requires people. God graded you to be an activator of a particular gift or gifts, which means that everyone gifted or you said yes to the will of God. The gift was inside of you. The gift was locked in you. The gifts and callings of God without repentance, always without repentance, is not based upon how good you are. It's based upon God's love for you. That's why the will of God said that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners. So your sin didn't stop God from investing in you. Oh, that's powerful. Oh, your sin did not stop God. He already knew you before you said yes. And he had saved you before you said yes to him. Oh, glory. I want you to hear me. Because I'm going somewhere. You must understand this, that he had saved you. And the only thing that he wanted you to do is to acknowledge he had done. <laughs> That's like healing. Healing is the same way. That's why Peter said, by whose stripes you were healed. So if he did it before you ask him, you just acknowledge it. That's why salvation is a gift. And if you can get a sinner to acknowledge that he died, and to believe that he died. That's why the word of God said, if you can believe and confess with your mouth, not your sin, but the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved. 
No, I'm going somewhere. So I, I'm dealing with people. I'm laying a foundation so you'll understand that there is only one way, and that's Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ became what? A person. God became a person. God became you and I. Oh, yes. Isn't that good? So we must understand the purpose of Christ today is people. The purpose of God to people. People. The restoration of people. God is interested in you in relationships. He's interested in every area that deals with people. That's his heart. That's his cry. The purpose of Christ. When you understand the term Christ, it means the anointed one and his anointing. That's all Christ. That's, that, that's not his official you know, name. That's his title. The Christ. Some people think his last name is Christ. It's not his last name. He is Jesus the Christ. Now why is he expressed as the Christ? Because in order to bring man to God, it takes a process. And that process is called the anointing. <laughs> you will never be one with him to be able to function as he did in the earth when he walked for three and a half years when he walked to give a demonstration, and that's all he did. It took three and a half years for him to demonstrate what I want you to do in a lifetime. Ooh, that's powerful. He did it in three and a half years what he wants you to do for a lifetime. I'm giving you a lifetime. I did it in three and a half years. <laughs> so if it takes you 38 years, do it. But I did it in three and a half years to show you it could be done. I didn't do one thing that you can't do. Ooh. You can't do it in yourself. And some of you are looking at me funny and say, well, uh, he, he did that because he was God. Well, it would be no big deal for him to do it as God, but he came to be the pattern son. And if he was going to be the pattern son, he had to be able to demonstrate only what he wants me to do. That's why he demonstrated it, but then not only did he demonstrate it, but when he died, he refused to stay dead until he gave man the same power that when he received man, man became just as he was so that man can do the same thing. Once we receive the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is not for you to have goosebumps and pimples and run around the church, but it's for you to demonstrate the life of Christ in the earth. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You ought to give God a praise, a praise offering. That's the fullness of the anointing. That's the fullness of the anointing so that you can demonstrate Christ. <laughs> so flesh that you have on does not mean anything. 
is what's in that flesh. <laughs> oh, touch my say, it's not the flesh. That's only the package. But what's in the package is what's important. Don't judge the package. That's racism. That's bigotry. What's in the package? Because what's in the package is a little seed. It's a little seed. Let me show you something. Just as Mary. Mary did something that every person should do. Mary said to the angel, be it unto me. <laughs> be it unto me as thou wilt. And when she said, be it unto me, that was enough for the anointing of God. She received the sperm of God. She received the sperm of God. And that's how you get saved. God plants his word in you. And you translate the word. The same word that we get word of God, we get spermatosa, is the same word that we get for sperm. The sperm of God is the word of God. Oh, glory. Oh, that's what I say. He's going somewhere. So I want you to catch some things. I'm dealing with things here. Because there's a necessity for us to understand the purpose, the plan, the mind, the will of God in this hour. So that we won't frustrate God. So that we'll flow with God. Because the worst place to be is where God used to be. <laughs> the worst thing to be doing is what God left off. Nothing wrong with you driving an old car. That's fine, because it'll take you the same place a new car will. But you can't do that spiritually. You want to be right there where so that means that I've got to consistently change going to flow with God for the anointing. So I'm dealing with some things on today that I hope that you're going to listen. See, the 21st century church must return a people to consciousness of the plan of God for their life. And I want you to hear me. See, God is tired of church as usual. God is tired of people just coming to church and lifting their hands, lifting an offering, and just standing here to usher, and God's tired of that. God's tired of God wants change. Touch two or three people that God wants change. He wants change. He wants change in every person. He's tired of us doing our songs the same way, doing things. God's tired of that. God wants to see some Lazarus raised. He wants to see some hungry folks fed. He wants to take five loaves and two fish and multiply it. He wants to do some supernatural things because if God does supernatural things, he'll bring Islam to a knowledge. You see, Islam is not impressed with Christianity because we don't have no miracles. 
But when there's a miracle, then they'll know there's a God that reigns. That's why for three and a half years, he did things that were so supernatural until it caught the eyes of those that looked at him. And this is the proof of the fact that you're anointed. You are not anointed because you sing. You're not anointed because you preach. You're anointed because you demonstrate the power of Christ. Oh, bless his name. Ooh, I, I wish some ever get with me. Because I'm going to say some things that's going to wake you, might stop you. But I'm going to deal with it. Tell somebody, say it's time for a change. If your Christianity is not doing no more for you than the same way it was when you got saved, you don't have what you thought you had. Tell somebody, tell them that. If you don't have no more than what you got on the day that you got saved, you didn't get the right thing. There's a problem somewhere. If you are still the same as you was 10 years ago, 9 years ago, there's something wrong with a child and the child is still on problem and he's 19, 20 years old and he's still got to have a pacifier. He's got some kind of problem. He is retarded and we've got too many people that's retarded. It's not, it's not the word, it's you. No glory. Nothing wrong with the seed. The problem is where the seed has gone. Because your ground has not been fertilized. No glory. You might not like me. But I, I, I ain't got time. I, I'm, I'm shifting the Holy Spirit. It's taking me to another dimension. So I'm not here for you. <laughs> I'm not here for you. I'm here for him. And if you receive it, then you'll be benefited. Or you can sit there and reject it and turn it off. It's not going to change me. It will only affect you. Because I'm on an assignment. I'm on an assignment. And that's what I'm doing right now. So I want you to understand. Now is the time for us to ask for change. Ask for change. Metamorphosis. You've got to change now. We've got several reasons why people don't like to change. And I'm going to deal with that. There's ten reasons why people don't like to change. Some of you, you resist it. You hate it. Most churches resent it. Most churches resent it. They resent change. They like what has been going on. They like what's taken place in the past. And that's called what? The status quo. The status quo. That's like the 
Sadducees and the Pharisees. We don't want change. Now here's the next group that don't like change. Those that are comfortable. That they flow with the status quo. We're comfortable. Where we're wrong. They get comfortable. And they don't want change. They resist it. But, but the next group that don't like change are those that are slothful. <laughs> it takes too much time to make up the bed, so let it stay. <laughs> All that time, I ain't going to do it. Takes too much time to take a bath. They would. So I'm not going to. So we become slothful. The slothful do not change. The next group that refuses to change are those that Satan has blinded them. And their minds are psyched and they changed and they haven't. That's the worst of all of them. They're blind, but they think they see. They don't change because they think they already have, and you have it. The next doesn't change are those that do not hear the sound. They don't hear the sound of God. They can hear the sound of the trumpet. There's always been when Israel had to change, the shofar would blow. And the shofar would mean or the cloud would move. God would always give a signal. When the cloud moved, it meant it's time to go. We sing the song, the cloud of glory is moving. Move with the cloud. And whenever the cloud would start moving, Israel had to move out. We've got a lot of people that's not hearing the sound. Not hearing the sound. Now this is essential. I want you to hear me. It's important that you hear the sound because without hearing the sound, you'll never change. You'll never change. You've got to hear the sound. But not the sound of some group leader. Not the sound of your mama, the sound of your daddy. Not the sound of the bishop, but the sounding of the Holy Spirit. Sounding off in your spirit. There's something that happens because we all hear the same sound. Let me share this with you. Here's another group that won't change. They get satisfied with the old and they can't mix with the new. If you take new wine and pour it in an old wine flask, what's going to happen? Old wine flats is going to break. If you take old garment and mix with a new garment, what's going to happen? 
is going to tear. It's going to tear. The word said that. There are laws. There are laws for change. The next problem, reason why we don't like to change, is because change means you're going to have to repent. <laughs> change means you're going to have to repent, and people don't like to repent. We like to come to an altar, but that doesn't mean you're repenting once you come to an altar. You can even cry, but that don't mean you're repenting. A lot of people come to the altar, but they just sorry they got caught. But once you really get sorry, it means it's not going to be the same way. It means once I leave here, it's over. I've got to return back another way. There's some things I can't keep practicing. I can't keep repeating. I can't keep doing it. It means I've got to the place that I've recognized that this has got to change in me. And that's repentance. So somebody said repentance means change. And until you repent, you will never see change. That's why you keep Repeating and repeating and repeating. The next reason why people don't change is pride. Pride. Pride of race, pride of face, pride of religion, pride of who I am. Proud. Because you get excited about your title. And God's not impressed. God's not impressed because I'm bishop. What is it? I'm not his bishop. <laughs> yeah, he's not impressed. He's not impressed because you are this, because you are that. He's not impressed. Would you look at him and say, he's not impressed. Yeah, in other words, you can't flaunt that with God. You can't put your hands on your hips and tell God, you know, where to get off at. It doesn't impress him. Listen, he's got your breath in his hands. <laughs> you got a breath in you. I was flying back on the plane. I was talking to another pastor who was up in the air. And we were about almost 40,000 feet up, just we get so gone looking down. And we were talking. I said, you can't even see a man down there. <laughs> the man can weigh almost... 500 pounds, but you can't even see. Look down from that sky up there. You can't even see his car that he's bragging about. See that car he's bragging about? Honey, you can't even see it. You, the high you go, you can't see it. And it's the same thing with God. He's so high until you can't brag. He can't see what you're talking about. You don't know what you get so impressed and what you so, you know, why in the world you getting so excited? Why? Huh? Because God doesn't see it that way. It doesn't mean anything to him. You might as well reduce it and bring it to size. You need to bring it down to a cosmos size where it really looks like with God. Because God's not impressed with things. Sometimes change means your mind's got to be changed. Instead of you putting money in things that you think is God's method of prosperity. I want you to know something. Real prosperity starts internally before it gets in your pocket. Because money only magnifies who you really are. See, if you, was, if you were stupid before you got money, when money comes, it'll just make you more stupid. 
See, money is a magnifying glass. See, if, if, you, if, if you was a big before you got money, when money comes, it just don't really show how much of a bigot you really was. Right. So money is just a magnifying glass. Would you tell somebody that money is a magnifying glass? It shows where your heart really is. Oh, glory. I don't know if you like this, but uh, I like it. Now, there's change that's necessary for you to take on three areas that God wants. Three areas, three things that God is concerned about for you and I. But here it is. It's, it's real simple. First, God's characteristics. Like you take on his characteristics. That's all. His characteristics. That's, that's what a real Christian is. You take on his character. There's something about his character. I want to ask you something. Do you have the character of God? When pressure comes, do you have the character of God? How, how is it today when you get in trouble with some folks on your job? How is God's character? Don't answer that, just think about it. How's your character when it's under pressure? See, the character of God. How's your character? With crazy children. <laughs> or crazy husband. Or crazy wife. Or crazy boss person. You know what I'm talking about. I'm just coming down to your level. See, God's character must be demonstrated under pressure. See, ca character deals with how you act. Character. The middle of that character means act. So your actions should change. The next area is this is God's attributes. You know attributes, even when you get in the same Matthew chapter 5, deals with attributes. All the attributes of God. Blessed are the pure and spirit, for they shall see God. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. All of that is the attributes of God. And see, that, once you receive Christ in you, that's supposed to be formed in you. I'm finding out that a lot of people, Christ was never formed in them. We passed them by in church. We anointed them, sent them out, did a lot of things. But many of them didn't have this. So I'm going back over this so you can begin to examine, so we can look. And I'm going someplace in this message and I'm be dealing with some things so that we can check ourselves because it's just about time for the church to be called home. So we need to be very sensitive. The last thing is this, is God's abilities. Now, God can't trust his abilities with many of us because we've never changed. There's got to be that metamorphosis. You see, because you get lost in pride if you can start doing the works of God without having the character of God. If you can start doing the work of God without the character of God, you'll think it was you. It's like, can you imagine if you went out of this place today and God used you to raise the dead down on 
Fifth Street. I'll go down and farm bill and somebody right there and you lay hands on them and bring them back to life. Honey, you would make a billboard out there on the street next next week. Amen. You, you would go and visit the funeral homes and tell them, send their families to me. You, you would have cards made, raised the dead. <laughs> you would change your name. You would put a title to your name. See me for a resurrection service. <laughs> you would get caught up in yourself. If you did not have the character of God, that's just why God has not allowed many people to be able to touch into some areas of his ability because you would get mixed up in yourself. And remember this, your pride will always cause you to fall. Oh, glory. So here's the, here's the third dimension where you are moving into God's abilities. God's abilities. See, that's the reason why Jesus did not do anything for 30 years. He stayed in the place of obscurity. And then, three and a half years, he demonstrated God. For 30 years, obscurity. It's going to take longer for you to get the character of God and the attributes of God worked in you than to reveal God. <laughs> you know why? Because your character's got to get cleaned out of the way. Say it with me. Character. Attributes, ability. And this is what God wants. That you take on his character. You take on his attributes. And you take on his abilities. That's powerful. And when that happens, you will transcend things in life. You will transcend, which means... It will touch your spiritual life. It will touch people spiritually. It will touch people physically. It will touch people emotionally. It will touch people socially. It will totally transform every person you come close to. And that's what God wants. He wants that to be so until, just as Peter, when Peter walked his shadow, Cause people get here. And Peter didn't get excited about it. Peter didn't get to the place where he flaunted it. He was just as content to be the vessel through whom God could channel his abilities. I want to ask you something. Can God trust you with his abilities? Can God trust you with his words? Can God trust you? With his power, that's his ability. It's going to take you going down that he can come up. So I'm going to lift those hands and worship him. I want you to note this. We're equipped now in a limited way. 
to reach people. We're equipped now in a limited way to reach people. It's in a limited way. What is it going to take? Change. We're going to have to evolve. We're going to have to be like the caterpillar. We're going to have to have that metamorphosis until we're transformed. And when the transformation comes, you will begin to reach people in a new way. This is what God wants to do. This is what God wants in his church. He wants a metamorphosis, which means transform. Transform, the transformation. Somebody shout transformation. It means a total change. And I'll show you something. When you experience a total change, there'll be some things that God can show you that you could not see it when you were in yourself. God can take this word, and I want you to know it. You see, what's happening now, there's a few that's moving into it. It's like moving into Noah's ark. There's a few now that's moving in, and God is giving them revelation knowledge. And they're catching, they're seeing things in bits and pieces, and therefore they're uttering words now that does not make sense to a lot of people because of the fact that God, when he gives you a word, you might not understand it because you're not on that level. But once God moves you up, he'll take you from the first heaven to the second heaven to the third heaven. God would not do for John what he would not do for you. Oh, I'm going somewhere. If God let Paul be caught up in the spirit to the place that he said, I saw things I could not even utter. Why do you think God would do it for Paul that he won't do it for you? I want you to know there's nothing God did for Paul, for John, for Peter, for any one of them. He'll do the same for you. Tell somebody say he wants to do it again. Oh, get two or three people say he wants to do it again. Now I want you to tell somebody something else. Guess what? He's going to do it again. <laughs> Not only does he want to, he's going to. Now I'm going to ask you, can he choose you? Can he choose you? Can he use you? Can he use you? Can he? Can he? going to require change. It's going to require change. Oh, bless his name. Somebody get something out of this. See, here's the thing that's going to cause you to experience something. First of all, you're going to have to have a relationship with him. You're going to have to have a relationship with God. See, notice God has put laws there that everything works by relationship. That's why he said to Nicodemus, he said, Nicodemus, Marvel, not that I said you must be born again. I'm not telling you something that's strange. I'm telling you something you've got to experience. You've got to be born again. Nicodemus said, can an old man like me go back into my mother's womb? I said, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about spiritual. You must be born again, which means relationship. Relationship with God. 
if you're going to take on the ability of God's going to take relationship with God, which means you're going to have to step away from some people and some situations and get close to God. You're going to have to get close to God. Some of you right now, you're right in line for a move of God. God wants to show himself strong and mighty in your behalf. He wants to show you some things that you've never seen. He wants to show you some things that will cause you to begin to give him glory. And other people will begin to see the handiwork of God. And you will not just be an ordinary somebody in Greenville, but you'll be a supernatural vessel walking around in Pitt County. But you will not be of this earth. You'll be of the spirit. And God wants to use you so that whenever you touch somebody, they'll know they've been touched by the power of the living God. Not touched by humanity, but touched by the supernatural. Lift those hands and give God praise. My God. Hallelujah. I thought about the woman with the issue of blood. 12 years how she had suffered and how she had spent all her money. But the Lord allowed her to touch him. He did it so he could demonstrate that when you walk through a crowd and when you walk and people got issues, they can touch you. And when they touch you, they will find there is a healing. There is a bomb in Gilead. There is. There is deliverance. My God. Ooh, I feel God. Lift those hands and worship God. I feel it. Even while I'm preaching, there's an impartation. There's an impartation taking place. Worship Him. God wants to trust you so that women that issues been through the ringer of life and God wants to use you that they can touch you but they're not really touching you they're touching him <laughs> oh glory and because when you have a relationship with him you become just like him <laughs> when you have a relationship with him something comes out of you you can't have a relationship without somebody taking on your DNA. <laughs> oh, glory. Oh, if you saw my daughter, she looks like me. She's got my DNA. There ought to be something that resembles God. So that when people touch you, to get their deliverance. Oh, bless God. Somebody lift those hands and say, God, I want that change. <laughs> Too many folks got issues. And they're touching everything. They're touching cocaine. They're touching pornography. They're touching the prostitute. They're touching gambling. They're touching everything. Why not let them touch you? So when they touch you, I just touch God. Hallelujah. Well, I feel God in this place. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit. Tell somebody say relationships is what it's all about. 
That's why in the church we're going to have to become sensitive of our relationship with one another. And I want to tell you something. God will put you in friction with people so that you can get smooth. <laughs> Glory. It is not always the most easiest person that perfects you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He uses opposites. If you want a plane, if you want to smooth this top down, you've got to have some rough sandpaper that rubs and rubs against it. And sometimes God will allow people to rub up against you until you become smooth. Until in the midst of it, I can start to give God praise and say, instead of my pain working on me, it's working for my glory. It's working for my glory. Somebody lift those hands. Tell somebody to say, tough times don't last. But tough people do. Tell somebody to say, get tough. Hallelujah. So that once the sandpaper starts working on you, you go ahead and work on my temper. Go ahead and work on my attitude. Go ahead and work on me. I got a mean spirit in me. I'll cut your throat. Work on me. Work on me. I'll cut you out. Work on me. Work on me. You ask God to give you patience. He gives you tribulation. I was praying for a woman. Had a prayer line. She said, sir, would you pray that the Lord give me patience? I laid hands and said, God, give a double dose of tribulation. She backed up. No, no. I said, why are you running? You never get it without the process. And the process doesn't feel good. And the Bible said tribulation, work and patience. So let it happen. She said, don't pray. <laughs> I said, it's still going to come. So God puts you with rough and tough folks that the glory of God can be manifested in you. As long as you stay in the furnace, you will emerge and folks will seek God. So that's what I'm going to say. The hell you go through is to stop the hell in you. <laughs> you miss a good place. Come on. Come on, lift those hands. I'm telling the truth. The hell you're going through is to stop the hell in you. You might not like this preaching, I told you. Don't look at me funny. I'm coming right down your street. I'm just... And you can meet a lot of folks. Got a whole lot of stuff in them. Yeah. 
speaking in tongues on Sunday, but when they cross them on Monday, cross them on Tuesday, tell somebody say, you wouldn't want them. Remember the incredible hook? I remember say, you, you, you wouldn't like me. When I came in, and all of a sudden, yeah, the, the buttons start bursting out, and it swells up. A lot of us the same way. You might say, you wouldn't like me in my flesh. Does somebody say, it's, it's true. It's fact. You might as well. So God brings folks in the church. Some of you ain't got to bring in. Some already in the church. <laughs> and he'll make certain that you get right next to them. And then he'll use an issue. Sometimes he'll let you marry him. <laughs> and you want to know why in the world that you married Bozo? God planned that. Because he knew that without Bozo, you would never see his glory. So God put Bozo right next to you and made you say, I do. But real Bozo showed up afterwards. So that Bozo, when he goes through his changes, he's working on you. You're going through your fiery furnace. And a lot of you saying, Lord, deliver me out. And God said, not until I get my glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because while you're in the furnace, somebody's not just seeing you. They're seeing me in there. And it's your attitude that is being seen in the midst of your fire. Let those hands begin to praise God. I don't know if you somebody gets a matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So you want to know why this happened, why that happened. God saying, don't ask me why it happened. Ask me how did it happen? I allowed it so I could perfect you because there's some things in you I'm not going to do it by reverse osmosis you asking me to deliver you it ain't going to happen by osmosis it's going to happen because I'm going to use people to deliver you and it's not going to be folks that's smiling at you folks that's blessing you I'm going to use folks that's going to agitate you let me tell you something. You ever seen a wash machine? You've got to have some agitation if you want to get some folks clean. <laughs> oh, tell somebody, say it takes some agitation to get some rough stuff out of your life. <laughs> some of you all thinking right now, just lift your hand and say, Help me, Lord. I had to say, say, help me, Lord. 
Help me, Lord. And, and, and the more that you try to get away from it, God will so fix it that even when you run away and change churches, you'll meet somebody else that will change. The names have been changed to protect the innocent, but the story is still true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. But you're going to see the same thing over and over again. Over and over again, you say, Lord, why? Why? I said, because I'm working on your temper. I'm working on you. I see your attitude. I know you. I know you. You just like, amen, quick draw McGraw. You still got some stuff in you. I need my character perfected in you. You said you got glory in you. I want folks to see it and not you. And the more that he works on you, they won't see you. They'll see him. So your relationship, your relationship, so look at somebody and say, don't question the rough and the tough stuff. Stop giving him glory because he's after something. Tell somebody to say, now that's the time that real praise should come out. <laughs> See, real praise don't come out when the organ is playing, when the hammer is being played, and of course the hands are being clapped. But real praise ought to come when you're going through hell, when you're passing through, and the enemy has you blocked in, and you begin to say, I see my help, I see my deliverance, I see my strength, and the glory of God is being perfected in me. It takes this for me to get that. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. For the glory, for the joy that was set before him. Oh my God. That's why I say, if it took hell for me to see his glory, thank God for the hell. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! If it took that for me to get this glory, Hallelujah! Well, we're summoning up the hands, not giving God praise. My God, I think about the Bible said, had they known, they'd never have crucified. Son of glory, if they known, but they didn't know that it was going to cause your salvation. They didn't realize it was working for your good. So God's letting you go through hell so you manifest this glory that when you come out of the fire, they will see no strikes, no ropes, no chains. I got a testimony. And my testimony is not about money. My testimony is about glory. Oh my God. We get excited about folks and their money. I'm not against that. But I'd rather see a testimony about his glory. I would transform. Hallelujah. Some of the saints give them a praise. 
Hallelujah. Now I'm going to ask you to do something for one minute. Some of you that's been experiencing hell in some area, it might be in your mind, might be in your body, might be in some area, somebody put you through something. Uh, you've been in the ring, but the devil wants you to get an attitude. He wants you to get mad, get depressed, but I want you to fake him out. I want you for one minute to stand on your feet and give God the glory that only you can give him because I know what he's getting ready to do. Hallelujah. For the glory. You don't know my story. Oh, if you can't, if you can't see, if you can't see my praise, you don't understand my story. There's a story while my hands are raised. There's a story while my mouth is open. There's a story while I'm giving him the glory. There's a story. I'm not doing this out of emotion. No, no. There's a story. You don't know the hell. You don't know. But I'm not uptight. No, no. I know what's going on. I'm not blind. I know what's going on. And while I'm praising him, he's transforming me. He's transforming me. I'll ask him no more. <laughs> I'm not going to ask him to move it. I'm not going to ask him to move it. For the job that was set before him, I'll endure it. I don't enjoy it, but I'm enduring it. Before, before you see that, I, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the anointing of God. Broshata. See, God doesn't want you to question him anymore. I don't care what hell you went through. He wants you to start magnifying him. He said magnify him. Uh, he wants you to be like Shadrach. Oh, King, when I can't answer in this matter. The God that we serve is able to deliver us. But if not, we're not going to bow. We've got our mind made up. He got some purpose. He's got some ultimate purpose. And I'm going to give him praise. Because I learned if I praise him before, I praise him after. Yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah. So I'm a blessing. You need to praise him. Don't look at folks. But you ought to praise him for your own deliverance. You ought to praise him because he kept you. To see June. Ah, uh, this I believe is the 13th. He allowed you to see this day. He allowed you. He allowed you. You could have been dead. You could have died in your mess. But because of his grace. Because of his mercy. Because of his love. My God. And because he allowed me to go through it. He saw that I was able. He saw that I was able to go through the hell. He trusted me. 
You trusted me. You trusted. You trusted me. You trusted me to praise him. So I will. David said, I will. Bless the Lord at all times. Hallelujah. Somebody clap those hands and give God glory. Oh, Hallelujah. 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 Would you look at two or three people tell them you've been divinely appointed for such a time and even for every circumstance that you've gone through. God's trusted you. There's an assignment that's on you and God's not going to leave you until it's complete. And when it's complete, he'll see his glory. And you'll see it also. Lift those hands and give God praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's an assignment on you. There's an assignment. You've been appointed. You've been appointed for this hour. Thank God. My God. So I will not question him. I'll not doubt him anymore. He's trusting me. He's trusting me. He's trusting me. I'm not going to fail him. I'm not going to disappoint him. I'm going to thank him. I'm going to thank him. In the furnace of affliction, in your finances, trust him. When you can't even see how you're going to make it out, trust him. Because he's still your shepherd. Trust him. He's made you a promise that he cannot fail. Oh, I feel God. He's allowing you to go through this. So that you will experience him and know him. He allowed the Hebrew boys to go through so they could have an experience of knowing that when you get in it, he's right there with you. He's in there. He's right there. Give me some music to play softly.